Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Guys and Ties podcast. I'm Robert Elder. I'm here with my partner in crime, Dustin Jones. Dustin, how are you doing, man? We're doing good. We're uh, we're having some ties and guys time. It's a Sunday night. It's President's Day tomorrow. No work, so no work. That's good, and uh, we're just having a chill time. We're gonna play some games tonight. Uh, we're gonna have a good time. But first, we gotta talk about some basketball. But I want to check out on Rob. Rob, how are you doing? I'm you, great, man. You, good? It, you know, it was a very good weekend. I had the family in town. It was a rough week at work, but had the family in town. I haven't worked much this weekend. We'll see how tomorrow goes. We're technically off technically. for what that means. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's very good. And, you know, we're coming off what was a tough Duke game. And now we got two consecutive wins. Mm-hmm. One really, really good win over North Carolina. And one so, one win, just a regular. Yeah, we'll win. just call it a win. A win. But I don't want to discredit any ACC win. So we're doing good. Mm-hmm. We're doing good. And you're you got Monday off for school, right? Yeah, we the, we don't go to school on Monday because the presidents. They thank you to all the presidents out there. Amen. Uh, you know, presidents of Who Crew and whatnot, especially. <laughs> and, uh, and so thanks, Justin. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, we're gonna have a good time tonight. And so, what well, we're just gonna start off with. Uh, some recaps of the UNC and Notre Dame games. And then we're going to get into some, uh, we're going to do the Jay Huff segment. Have to. We have to. And then we're going to get into some, some other fun stuff later. So, uh, Rob, lead us off with the UNC stuff. What uh, did you like? What did you see? What did you notice? Well, I think the first thing we need to point out is that this is a huge win. Mm-hmm. A win on the road over North Carolina. You know, most UVA coaches don't win against Carolina. They don't win on the road against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Tony Bennett does. I forget what the stat is, but he's the first UVA coach, I think, to have three it's road three wins, wins yeah. against Carolina. Yeah. You know, don't take this. I, I don't want to sound like UVA Twitter necessarily, but we love you, UVA Twitter. We love and UVA I'm part Twitter. of you. But like, don't take this for granted. Like, yeah, <laughs> we were down in the second half. Yeah, we were. And we came back because we have really good players. Mm-hmm. And I think, to me, that's the biggest thing is, obviously, we love Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett is a great coach. But at the end of the day, there's a saying that says coaches are only as good as their players. And obviously, there's a back and forth relationship with that. But, I mean, Kyle Guy won us that game at the end. And, you know, if we're going to do something in March, he... DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome, one of them's going to have to do something like that again. And to know that we can do that, 
I think that's incredibly significant against a top 10 team on the road. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dustin? Yeah, I think it's just nice to see that, you know, after a tough Duke loss, to come back two days later, go on the road in a tough North Carolina environment, get down early in the second half, like pretty good. Pretty good. Like yeah. they, they were whipped us in the first 10 minutes of that opening second half. But we were able to come back. Uh, we, we showed our stuff, and Kyle Guy had some good free throws. DeAndre had some good plays too, and you know, really played as a team. We didn't panic. We didn't look like we didn't belong. And so I, I felt good. I wasn't able to watch it live. I, I watched it later, but because I was at a Caps game. But it, looking back at it, it seemed that a lot of people were happy that we could go down and then come back. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, I think that was a good that's thing. a significant thing, like without question. And I think. It's a significant thing. Yes, North Carolina also played the Saturday before mm-hmm. against Miami, and they did go to overtime. Yeah, but like, let's not kid ourselves comparing Miami and Duke. Duke might be the best college basketball team I've ever seen in my ever. life right now. Ever. I don't want to crown them yet, but they are incredible. They're incredible, and the way the way that in forty eight hours to go, you know, against Duke and then go on the road against North Carolina, you know, that matters, and to have performances. One thing I said against Duke is that our stars have to step up. You know, mm-hmm. in big games, we have to have our best players play. Let's look at how our best three players did against North Carolina. DeAndre Hunter, 7 for 10 field goals. Kyle Guy, 7 for 13, but 5 for 9 from 3. Mm-hmm. Ty Jerome, 5 for 9 from the field. You know, Ty Jerome also had 11 assists. Yeah, some people are going to say, oh, but Nasir Little didn't play most of the game. Oh, mm-hmm. but what is it? Cam, Cam, Johnson, Cam got hurt. Johnson got hurt towards the end. But... You know, that happens. And what do you think happened to Virginia the past couple of years? Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't been at full strength. So I just, I want to emphasize how important I think this one is, because I think it really does matter. And I think it's a really good thing, because personally, I'm not counting out North Carolina. And if North Carolina beats Duke on Wednesday, that would not surprise me. Is it at UNC or at Duke? I'd have to check. I'm not sure. Uh you know, because you know the thing about you know throw throw it out because it's a rivalry game. But <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. You can't <laughs> how, take else, away how else would we do it? Take away everything. But the the thing about UNC is it it, it kind of goes back up to I, I, we were talking about this earlier. It's at Duke. It goes, by the way. Oh, it's at Duke. It goes back to Roy Williams, and I've said this for years. I I think Roy Williams is he he's a good coach for sure. But there are t- things that he does that are not necessarily great and for instance this year he has shown the inability to want to go small he loves playing big you know you think of North Carolina you think of rebounding you think of second chance points off of offensive rebounds and this year their best players are smaller mm-hmm. you think of Nasir Little and you think of Kobe White Luke May mm-hmm. is a small a small four or five so mm-hmm. they, they need to go small and Roy Williams has not done that uh, consistently this season and so i think it's holding them back a little bit yeah i mean let's also talk about uh luke may in this game luke may played 36 minutes but had four points yeah you know if that's not the pack line defense i don't know what is oh of three from three yeah i mean that was a great effort i know i, I sound like a broken record because i said i think we can beat duke mm-hmm. on a normal night i think we can beat duke and on a not so normal night you know for both teams we end up beating carolina yeah i mean i'm just really excited about this team and there are some kinks in the armor, you know, we'll talk about that because some of them showed up against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was it was an admirable 
performance and it's something that i'm really proud but this of this is team. helpful this is helpful for march you know if we're if we get to the sweet 16 or elite eight and we're we we play a team like carolina uh who who is good and who has some size and and we're just not hitting all the shots that we need to or we're turn, you know turning the ball over at a higher clip than we should you know it, this shows that we can come back and we can make shots at the end we can play defense well enough to yeah. down the stretch and i think this is a good thing for our team is to be in these close games but then take it into march and really do something with it and like not to be in close games against just anybody like i would have rather but beat notre at, dame by at, more points yeah but, at but exactly exactly yeah. like you know these this is how you get to the final four yeah. you know and we've been saying this and we've been doing this for years now at this level in the regular season but mm-hmm. like you know we can talk about this later in another episodes but we have three really, really good players, and that core of three is not going to be here next year. Mm-hmm. Let's like to see them do something like this makes me really excited for what's going to come in a month or so. Yeah, no, I and I think that this is a good sign. Uh, you know, even though we didn't have a very strong performance against Notre Dame, I think that the UNC performance shows that you know we do get up for these big games. We can go on the road and beat these good teams, even though if they don't. If they don't play at full strength or, you know, whatever excuses you might want to make. Yeah. So I don't but, I don't want to spend too much time on this because yeah. depending on when we get this out, it might have been a week from now that right. we played Carolina. But it is a big game. Let's move on to Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame, Dustin, I know we both watched this game. You watched mm-hmm. this game live. Tell me, and I watched it this morning, Dustin, tell me what you thought about watching the Notre Dame game. It was frustrating. I mean, personally, just because... We would go up by nine or ten, and Notre Dame would seemingly hit two or three shots to get back within four or five, and so it just seemed like we can never really get ahead, even though we were comfortably in the lead for most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was frustrating to me that we could not pull away from this scrappy young Notre Dame team. Do you think there was anything we could have done better that would have helped us pull away? hit some shots i mean we do you they, think it's that simple no i mean you know there's just some open shots that we missed in the first half which was i mean you know the first 10 minutes were awful mm-hmm. they were horrible kyle was the only guy who could hit anything. i could tell that <laughs> dre was dre was missing every open you know elbow three or elbow jumper that he was taking ty was 0 for 6 from 2 for the whole game so you know stuff like that where where you it makes you realize that if we don't hit shots, you know, you're not going to win the game. And that, mm-hmm. that seems simple. But in reality, it was just, you know, we were had an off day. I, I bet we were looking ahead to Tech a little bit, you know, to rivalry game. We're at Tech. Another quick turn. Another you know, quick 48 turn. Hours. Yeah, so I think we might have been looking ahead a little bit. Ty might not be 100% yet. But other than that, I thought we played, you know, relatively well. We only had eight turnovers, which is good. We were keeping the turnovers down. Only six fouls for the game. Mm-hmm. which I thought was good. Mamadi had four of them, but Mamadi had a really good game as well defensively. Uh, you know, uh, just overall, our our stars came to play. Again, Kyle and Dre especially. Kyle had 22 and Dre had 20. So I think that really shows that we know where our strengths are and we know how to beat a team like Notre Dame. Yeah. So watching this game, you know, again, I didn't watch it live and Dustin and our good friend of the pod, Austin Foster, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of the guys, guys. you know, they they provide a great insight for me as I showed the family around on the National Mall yesterday. But so a couple things stand out to me when I watch the game and when I looked at the box score. So I'm watching the game 
And the obvious thing is that we're not hitting our shots. You know, mm-hmm. the threes aren't all coming in. Kyle Guy's hitting some threes, but they're mostly contested. You know, we're just not hitting all our shots. That's that's kind of the easy thing to say looking at the game. So then I look at the box score and I see two things that really stand out to me. One good, one bad. So the good, 14 to 17 free throws. Mm-hmm. When it came down to crunch time, we hit our free throws. Yeah. And that matters. And the fact that we got 17 free throw attempts, you know, the past couple of games, we've been getting eight free throws, nine mm-hmm. free throws, seven free throws. You know, 17 is a good number. And it's a number that I think we should, you know, really strive to be at. Now, the not so good, and this is my spin on it. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Kyle Guy has 22 points. DeAndre Hunter has 20 points. But that's kind of it for the balance. Yeah. That's kind of it. You know, the next highest scorer was Ty Jerome with eight. Yeah. After that, it was Mamadi Diakite with five. Mm-hmm. Mamadi didn't start, so it's an interesting trend, you know, post head to head collision against Duke. Mm-hmm. Didn't start for the second game in a row. So that's an interesting thing to keep your eye on. But it was really top heavy scoring. Yeah. And that's not where this team is at its best. It's best when it's able to get 10 points from Mamadi Diakite yeah. when, you know, Braxton Key is able to get eight points. Ty Jerome is around that 11 to 12 mm-hmm. range. So it's it was an interesting game, but it was top-heavy scoring, which I don't think is where this team is at its best. I mean, to be honest, this was a classic Tony Bennett of, of past yeah. you know, kind of game. It was yeah. 60-54. The, team, the other team didn't get over 55, and we didn't get over 60. And that's kind of how you know we grew up. Like go, when we were at school at UVA, this is kind of the formula that UVA used for mm-hmm. winning games was keeping the scoring low. Uh, it looked kind of ugly at times. You know, we only scored 0.98 points per possession, which mm-hmm. is pretty bad for yeah, us, especially this slow. season. Especially this season, we when we have all these people like like Dre and Kyle and Ty and three players and who Mommy. can play in the NBA. F- yeah. that we for sure, for yeah. sure, and we'll it, see about the others. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, you know, this was just like a. And and I'm gonna say it's an off game, and we didn't play well. I, we didn't play our best. We played fine, like you know, we we played, I think, down to Notre Dame a little bit. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame definitely played a lot better than the first time we played them. No, I think no I think no I think the coaching from Mike Bray was great. Every time he called a timeout, they always had a play to get either a three or an easy bucket. So I I, I think that not to write off this game at all because I think it's an important win and every win in the ACC is good like as Tony said in his press game conference or post game conference but but you know whatever whatever however we do it it doesn't matter just as long as we get there but there are definitely some things to work on yeah and I I think it's important that you bring up Mike Bray because ultimately you know like I said players make coaches look good but obviously it's a two-way relationship and Mike Bray is a heck of a coach. I mm-hmm. mean, Mike Bray has led some of the better ACC teams for the past couple of years. You know, he's had some guys hurt this year. He had some guys graduate. You know, they're not where I think he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, it, very different styles, but it almost kind of reminded me of when we played that Kevin Keats team in yeah. the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Coach Obviously, Carolina. we were way better than they were, mm-hmm. but coaching matters, and you know, it's it's one of these things that goes back and forth between players and coaches. And we're lucky enough to have good both at UVA yeah. between Tony Bennett and all our players that we have and the players that are coming in, too. Yeah. So but it, good coaching matters. And I think I think that played a role today or one, this weekend. One thing that Mike Bray did really well was switch the defense on us. So we can never we were never really comfortable 
in what Notre Dame was showing us on the defensive end. Sometimes they were in zone, sometimes they were in man, sometimes they were even in zone and then switched to man whenever mm-hmm. we would start running a set. And so it was really difficult to get settled, I think. They also did some three-quarter court press, which yep. threw us off a little bit, I think. I don't know. I don't think we turned it over during the game, but certainly down the stretch, it started to matter a little bit. One thing I want to mention is Jay Huff. And yeah. I think this is our Jay Huff segment for Let's today. Do it. Let's um, do it. And he only had, he only played three minutes in the first half. He had three trillion, which means that he had no, <laughs> no stats at all. He had no fouls, no steals, no blocks, no assists, no turnovers, no rebounds, no shot attempts. Just three minutes. Just three minutes in the first half. And why do you think he didn't play in the second half? I, I can't come up with a reason. So Dustin and I were talking about this. And, you know, when I was watching, Notre Dame was playing a good bit of zone. And the question becomes, you know, when, you know, when is Jay Huff become, when is Jay Huff at his best? You know, it's mm-hmm. one of these things they talk about it in football. You can talk about it at basketball. You want to put your players in the best position to make the plays they're good at. And that's what coaching is about. Coaching during the game is about putting your best players in the position to make the plays they're best at. So with Jay Huff, you know, most of the time he's playing the five, you know, mm-hmm. and against the zone, it's almost like you need a bigger, more consistent physical presence, you know. But is is Jack Salt a more consistent presence than Jay Huff? Well, this goes back, and I, I go back to what Mark Titus says. Uh-huh. Mark Titus says that, you know, Jack Salt is a better screener, but Jay Huff's a better basketball player. Right. But I don't know. I, it's It's something worth questioning because this is one of those things where I think it's very, very, like, this is the type of game I want Jay Huff to play in because I think we're going to win whether Jay Huff plays or not. And I just see Jay Huff as this massive X factor. Right. This massive X factor come March. And I don't have an answer. And but but in a close game where we only win by six points against a horrible Notre Dame team, don't, don't you want our X factor to at least get a shot to play in the second half? I think so. I think so. I and think you could so see too. in the first half. You can see in the first half that when Jay Huff was in the game, I remember one instance specifically, and there was only three minutes of stuff to choose from, but I remember one instance specifically where Jay Huff is in the game, and there's a fake pass to Jay Huff, who's in the post, and then that makes Kyle Guy's man go down mm-hmm. to the post where Jay Huff is. Kyle Guy has a wide-open three-point shot at the top of the key. I can't remember if he makes it or not. Regardless, it was a good basketball play. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, What do you think about this, Dustin? Should... Do you think Jay Huff should have played more Jay, in the Jay second Huff half? Jay Huff should have played more in the second half. I mean, Jack only played 13 minutes. Mamadi played 27. You could definitely give some of Mamadi's minutes to uh, like at least five, mm-hmm. right? So Mamadi played 27 minutes without starting. Without starting. That's yeah. interesting. And he had, interesting. he had four fouls. Jack only had 13 minutes. I think, I, I really don't know what Tony is thinking here. And I'm not, I'm not, once again, I'm not saying I know more than Tony Bennett. He definitely knows more than me. He knows what's right for this team. I, I just... I don't I don't see a reason to not at least give Jay a three more minutes in the second half mm-hmm. against a when our team might be struggling to get some shots in. And maybe it was because you know we were back and forth the whole time we'd go up by 9 and we'd go up by 4, go up by 9, go up by 4. It it felt like that the whole second half. Mm. And maybe throwing Jay in there might have thrown off our team or thrown off the way Tony wanted to run the offense against what Notre Dame was running. I'm not sure, but in any case, it felt like Jay should have gotten some more run. I'm surprised he didn't, but in the end, it didn't seem to matter that much. Yeah. I mean, 
in, in the sense that it didn't matter because we won the game. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm so, saying. It's weird, though. You look at every player. Now, Jax, it is worth mentioning, and maybe this is a thing that Tony Bennett didn't like the traditional five. Not that Jay Huff's mm-hmm. the traditional five, but he normally plays the five when he's in a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jack Salt only played 13 minutes. Jay Huff plays three minutes. And then out of those low post guys, you know, Mamadi Diakite plays 27 minutes. So mm-hmm. maybe Tony Bennett, and again, I'm more of a football guy anyway. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to trust Tony Bennett's judgment way more than I trust my own judgment. But in my head, man, like, I I see what I'm scared of is that we get to March and something weird happens, something, something that we don't expect. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're without some player and that we need Jay Huff to come in and play. Right. <laughs> well, okay. The only two players that we would need Jay Huff to play more were Jack and Mamadi. So if one of them gets hurt... Right, and we need Jay have to but play. We had that scared with Mamadi Diakite, and, and and if he's not ready, what yeah. happens? Yeah, uh, I, I just want him to play, and I don't yeah. want. I say I would have been very mad if we lost Notre Dame. I'm not kidding myself. I would have been mad if we lost Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, the thing is, is you got to weigh what's more important. And um, we've seen so much how we win during the regular season, but how we don't win enough. Mm-hmm. When the NCAA tournament starts and Jay Hoff can be such an X factor, such an X factor that I just, I want to make sure that this team, not just Jay Hoff, but that this team is ready to play with Jay Hoff so that we can be effective if we need to put him in when the time comes. The only thing I can think of, the reason why Jay didn't play is because they're five. Notre Dame's five player, John Mooney, who's really good. He, he's a great player. He, he's a really good player. He looks he's, like he held B too long when you're shooting on 2K. Yeah. <laughs> he has a long release. But that's the specific. Well, you point. know, he, he 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 can shoot. He he can take you off the dribble a little bit. But he's he's only six nine, and he's definitely quicker than Jay. Jay d- might not have the foot speed to keep up with him. So the only thing I can think of is if John Mooney plays a lot, Jay might not play a lot. And we joke about the matchups, mm-hmm. but honestly, John Mooney on Jay Huff is not a great matchup because if you take Jay out that far, he's not useful. Uh, he's not he's not near the basket. He's not helpful. So maybe it's, you know, kind of a matchup thing that Tony was looking at. But other than that, I don't see any uh, any other reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And the one thing I do want to bring up before we kind of wrap this up is that Jay Huff did play eight minutes against North Carolina, which on the surface isn't great. But he played the final four five minutes mm-hmm. against North Carolina, like yeah. literally the last minutes of the game. He was there in crunch time. Jay Huff was in. And, you know, he had that uh, that layup i think it was where he got fouled he didn't make the free throw he only Mm -hmm. finished with two points he did get a steal and two rebounds but you know uh, there's i i I haven't figured it out yet i don't i don't know what tony bennett's philosophy with jay huff is other than the fact that he just says jay huff has played well in practice so he earned his minutes in the game like it's it's still a little bit of a mystery you know i've been wondering if jay huff is on some sort of schedule you know, if he if he is getting, you know, workouts or some sort of minute minute counter, mm-hmm. because that's the only reason I can think of why he doesn't play a little bit more than he does. And that's probably goes back to, you know, last year, the shoulder injury probably set him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. He probably couldn't do basketball workouts for a while. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of is maybe if he's on some some sort of, you know, counter or mm-hmm. limit or whatever. Yeah, no, that could that could definitely be the case. Uh, that would make a lot of sense, honestly. I I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. 
But mm-hmm. when we talk about minutes, I think one thing that I do want to bring up, and I told Dustin I wanted to bring this up before we started, mm-hmm. we talk about minutes against uh, Notre Dame. Against Notre Dame, Kyle Guy did play all 40 minutes. Now, Ty Jerome played 38 and DeAndre Hunter played 36. But Kyle Guy played all 40 minutes. Yeah. You know? Two, you know, pretty... It's pretty impressive. And Dustin, I know what I think about this. When I tell you Kyle Guy played all 40 minutes against Notre Dame, what does that make you think about? Good. I say good, good because okay. he, he's a good player. And honestly, he was the only one making shots in the first half. So not surprising that Tony didn't take him out. But in all honesty, like, I, and I know you want to talk about this, but I think Kyle is underrated as a player at UVA. Definitely. Just based on the hype that DeAndre gets and the hype that Ty got over the summer, it felt like Kyle kind of took a back seat to all the to all the noise and all the nonsense that people talk about. And he doesn't deserve that. And that, that I think that's really interesting. That, you know, certain people talk about Ty and Dre more than Kyle. Mm-hmm. But the national media talks about Kyle more than Ty and Dre. And yeah. we talked about this weird thing earlier where no one can figure out who is the best player on UVA's team right now. Yeah. Or or the most important player. Yeah. You can make an argument for all three of them. Yeah. Well, you know, the draft scouts say DeAndre Hunter. I'm not saying they're wrong. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter is special athletically. He's got special talents. Yeah. And he's got really good things that athletically, you know, apply directly to the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. his length, his athleticism, his ability to defend, his ability to shoot when open at least to mm-hmm. shoot when open is very good and Kyle Guy Ty Jerome you know what well, all we heard during the offseason was Ty Jerome you know the Chris Paul camp he was doing so well right and, you know I I even saw it you know I was at the uh the Pepsi blue white scrimmage and I saw how this team is going to flow through Ty Jerome mm-hmm. but at some point I felt like we in Charlottesville we the UVA people lost track of how good Kyle Guy was. Right. You know, Kyle Guy was the freshman. You know, Ty Jerome had his moment against Lu- or against Villanova. But Kyle Guy was the freshman that was there, you know, day in and day out. He was mm-hmm. really doing the impact. And he was there last year, and he's there this year. No surprise. Yeah. So I, I want Kyle Guy, not that he hasn't had his moment in the spotlight, but I think we need to appreciate that Kyle Guy is truly a special player. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know... His five-star ranking towards the end was a little bit, you know, yay or nay. You know, some people said yes, some people said no. But Kyle Guy is the most gifted basketball player in the past five years that I've seen on a UVA court. I mean, I remember watching him play as a freshman the first time I saw him warm up and seeing his release, just how quick it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I had never seen a player catch and shoot and you know, the blue and orange like that. I mean, he freaking jumps and like sticks his legs in two different directions you know, and, and he still can somehow get it close to the basket. What Coach K said, which I think is accurate, he was like, you know, he's the co- closest player to J.J. Redick that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he is J.J. Redick because J.J. Redick was a really special player. Right. But I mean, guys, appreciate Kyle Guy. Mm-hmm. Kyle Guy is incredible. And he is a guy that is deserving of every bit of respect, every bit of national notoriety that he gets. Yep. He is, and I don't know if it'll re- return next year. My guess is that he will. My guess is that he'll be back for a fourth year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that guy is as critical a piece to the puzzle as there is. He's a baller, and, you know, he does so many incredible things on the floor. He's a 
underrated passer as well. Like he yes. had a dirty pass to Mamadi in between two Notre Dame defenders on Saturday, and he he has good vision. He doesn't turn it over very much. He's a really good player, and and his shooting is incredible. Like we've talked about his shooting, and he's grown so much as well. Like he can drive now. He can. He has a nice floater that he mm-hmm. can get in the basket a couple times. He's a really good free throw shooter, and uh, he's an amazing player. And do you want to hear an interesting stat? Yes, please. He's fourth on the team in rebounds behind Braxton Key, DeAndre Hunter, and Jack Salt. He has more rebounds than Mamadi Diakite. I'm not surprised. He is a terrific basketball player. Yeah. Like, I just want everyone to know that. Like, that, you know, DeAndre Hunter is special, and that'll probably be a lottery pick. Dustin and I looked up what the definition of a lottery pick was before the episode. <laughs> it's currently top 14. So he'll probably be a lottery pick. Ty Jerome, there's we're, questions whether or not he'll stay. We're college basketball guys. We're yeah, not we NBA are. guys. We are. No we're doubt. We're not NBA guys. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, but I mean, Kyle Guy, like, just just, just appreciate this, man. And again, I, I'm starting to sound like EVA basketball Twitter, and we love you guys, but this is, this is a special player that mm-hmm. don't forget about this guy because this guy will be... Probably, it wouldn't surprise me, and I would bet money that he's first team all ACC. And if it wasn't for the, you know, how great the, those Duke players are, RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. he'd have a say in ACC player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, first team all ACC, all ACC is kind of a crapshoot sometimes because you don't really know. Like, like you're going to get two Duke players on there. You're going to get Zion and, and RJ. And,. You 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 think you get one UVA player, whether it be Kyle, Ty, or DeAndre, mm-hmm. and then kind of one other one who comes from somewhere. Yeah, I bet Luke May. Two makes two, it. two other. I, I bet, bet Luke. Luke May I bet Luke May it. does not make it. He hasn't played well this year. Yeah, he just got ACC Player of the Week. But that doesn't per mean Raycom he's been good. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> thank Rip God! Raycon. Thank God Raycom is going away. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for ACC Network. Good God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, I bet, I bet Luke may makes it. I would put money on that. I bet, I bet money. He does not. Okay. Well, it's on the record. It's 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 on on the record. record. Um, the guys are at a disagreement (laughs) when we're going to make fun of one another when this comes out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think, so we did our Jay Huff segment. We did a a quick cow guy segment. Is there anything else you want to touch on, on the Notre Dame or UNC games? One thing that I, I I told you I didn't want to bring this up necessarily, but I yeah. feel like we might as well bring this up, okay. is what we think the role of Kihei Clark is on this team. Mm-hmm. And I know what I think, Dustin. When you think of Kihei Clark, I guess he's struggled offensively the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not, you know, pretend that he hasn't. And he's got some good things going for him, and he's got some really important roles on this team. He started the past couple of games, but... I want to know what you think of when you think of Kihei Clark. He's still growing. You know, he's a freshman. And when you think of freshman point guards in college basketball, they, none of them, unless you're really, really special, you, you don't necessarily need to be the offense, the whole offense. And, and we can go back to London his freshman year. Like He came in and he, we could tell he was special. Like He had good vision. He didn't turn the ball over at all. But... He also didn't really add a lot to the offense. I mean, he could shoot a little bit, but he didn't really create his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a lot of players on that team. He had Joe, he had Akil, he had Anthony Gill, he had Malcolm. So there's a lot of other people in that on that roster who could score for him, which is fine. And I think he has in the in a similar situation where he doesn't need to be the number one option right now. 
And hopefully he never has to be the number one option because I think he's a much better distributor than he has scored. That being said, uh, he has the ability to score. We've seen him blow past people. Mm-hmm. We've seen him make threes before. He's shooting at a 33% clip around right now um, throughout the season, which is not horrible, but it's not great either. You know, you can definitely get better. But during ACC season, he's shooting a lot better than he's shooting about 38%. percent mm-hmm. So the talent is there. The offense is there. It's just making it a little bit more consistent and catching up to the speed of the game. And I think that's where all freshmen are. I think yeah. a lot of freshmen go through that. With rare exceptions. With very rare exceptions. E- e- yeah. Exceptions. And Kihei is not one of those exceptions per se. He is a very talented player. He's really good on defense. He can shut down people. We've seen him cause a 10-second delay on his own, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yep. I think he's a really talented player, but he's a different player than what some other freshman point guards might be Yeah, who come in and play right away. You know, one thing that really helped me evaluate Kihei Clark was seeing him go against Chris Likes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Likes is obviously a very talented player, a player that UVA looked at, mm-hmm. you know, but incredibly different games, you know, similar sizes, but different games. Yeah. And Kihei Clark, I think the best way to describe him right now is that he does good things on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that he's good at and there's things that he's not so good at. I think the best way that we can understand Kihei Clark right now is as a ball handler mm-hmm. because he is as good a ball handler as there is on this team. And that's an important role. You know, Nigel Johnson played that role last year. Yeah. And honestly, I think could have played it better. You know, he didn't play the same minutes right. uh, Kihei Clark did. Yeah. I did. I'm not looking at the stats, but I'm pretty positive Kihei Clark is averaging more minutes a game than Nigel Johnson did I'm last sure. year. I, I'm almost positive he is. And it's, it's a role that needs to be filled and it's a role that needs to be filled well because when he's on the floor, he can put Kyle and he can put Ty in good positions to make plays and you know Kyle guys a great shooter he's so great off the ball cutting and getting Mm -hmm. to the places where he needs to be and Ty Jerome can handle the ball but he's also great off the ball you know and if he goes to the NBA I think that's what he's ultimately going to be I don't think he's a point guard in the NBA I think he's a two guard guard. or a three guard and you know it's he puts players in good positions to make plays no I don't think he's at his ceiling yet and I don't want to debate where his ceiling is because he didn't have the benefit of a red shirt. You know, he's still mm-hmm. learning the game and I don't know what a ceiling is. I don't I don't even think it's worth debating right now. I think I think one thing that really showed me where Kihei's at is there was a one pass uh during the Notre Dame game and he he saw Jack Salt open uh down low on the low post mm-hmm. and he bounced it to him. But the Notre Dame defender saw it all the way and stepped right in front of him. He passed it right to the Notre Dame guy. And it's the speed of the game that he's still working around. And he's he's very quick. He he can see the floor really well. He makes a lot of really amazing passes. I mean, that wraparound pass during That's great. UNC was That's incredible. Great. Incredible pass. But definitely still, there, there's some freshman moments there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to work with that. You know, Ty had those moments his freshman year, definitely. And Ty didn't play a lot. As I, a I know. And Ty didn't play a lot as a freshman. Kyle didn't play a lot as of not nearly as much as Kihei's played. Mm-hmm. Uh, London, you know, special talent, but definitely had moments where we were like, ooh, freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't turn over a lot. I think Kihei turns over a little bit more than, than uh, London does. But 
I think he has a lot more amazing passes than London does. Yeah. D- especially during his freshman year, if we're comparing freshman years. Yeah. So he's he's here and he's doing great things. And I think he can only get better. Yeah. He can only get better. Like everyone has their initial value, valuation, evaluation, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, on Kihei Clark. Mm-hmm. I know what I think of him. I know you have thoughts on what you think of him. Yeah. The bottom line is I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he's near his ceiling now or if there's kind of another level he can reach. I don't yeah. know. What I'm concerned about right now is what he can do for this year's team. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, he's filling a very important role and a role that he's feeling much better than mm-hmm. even preseason I thought he could fill. Yeah. You know, he's not... I don't think he's going to be Ty Jerome or a Kyle guy two years from now. No. I'll say that. I don't think he's going to be that. No, he, but, he's a different player. Yeah. Different and player. I don't think he's going to be a scorer, really. I don't think he'll ever average more than 10 points a game in his mm-hmm. TBA career. And that's fine. As long as we're able to build the players around him and put, yeah. construct the team where he can be effective and he's able to play, you know, to the extent that he's able to be successful. Yeah, hopefully we never need him to be the leading scorer. Like London, his senior season had to be the leading scorer for UVA. And that's not a, a situation in which we wanted him to be in, and, I think. Yeah, and that wasn't that's wasn't what he was built and to be. It didn't re- really work out that well. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> I mean, we made a tournament and we made a fine run. We but won a game. We won a game in the tournament, but it wasn't like, it wasn't special. It was like London is a special player, but that wasn't the role in which he was best in. Exactly. And I think if, if Tony can set up the team in a way that benefits Kihei, Kihei can be a special player, but he doesn't mm-hmm. need to be the leading scorer on our team. I think that's what we're getting at. And I think it's important, too, to remember that it's not like Kihei Clark is this one player who's coming in. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's a freshman, yeah, but you mm-hmm. think about, you know, the guys that we're bringing in, the Casey Morsels, the mm-hmm. Caden Shedricks, you know. Yeah. Brad Franklin over at Cavs Corner said he talked to someone who said that Caden Shedrick is the most overlooked guy in this year's recruiting class yeah. that if he had not committed to UVA, he would have all the blue bloods all over him. Yeah. And you know, it, this isn't a Jake Huff case either where it's, you know, wait two years and see where you get. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's going to play next season yeah. and he can have an impact. And, you know, Carson McCorkle on the pipeline, there's a lot of good players coming through UVA. So, mm-hmm. you know, play to your strengths, do what you're good at. And you know, Tony Bennett's a hell of a coach. Yeah. We'll see we'll see what he can do and with he, these guys. And he develops players. I mean, look at Joe Harris, look at Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Like he deve- he can develop these players over exactly. four or five years. And so I hopefully and, and these next recruiting classes are looking really good so far. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but you know, looking forward and hopefully Kihei doesn't have to be the leading scorer yeah. ever. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what we're getting. At. But we love him. We love him here. I love him. He's a he's a baller. Like he he can he can play. He can play. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we get to our game? That yeah, I've, that let's I've set up. Yeah, let's play some games. Let's play a game. Okay, so the game that Rob and I are playing, and, and you guys that wait, who are listening can play along too. Um, we are going to play a game called the Stat Game, and me and my friends used to play this before UVA games when. We'd get into JPJ an hour and a half early, and we didn't have anything else to do. So we would look at the stats for the team, and we would ask. We would have one person read them out. We'd ask uh, a stat question like, who has the most rebounds per game? Who shoots to the highest percentage of threes uh, per game? And we would see who could get it right. So we're going to play with Rob. Me and Rob are going to play. I'm going to read out the questions. Rob's going to answer them. Rob, don't cheat. Okay. And uh, you guys at home keep score as well, and we'll see who can beat Rob. And 
Uh, Rob, the first question is, who plays the most minutes per game? Well, we just talked about Kyle Guy playing 40, so I'm going to guess Kyle Guy. Here it is, Kyle. And yes. Kyle's correct. Kyle plays 34 minutes per game. I'm surprised it's not more, honestly. Really? I'm surprised it's not more. I would have thought 35 to 36. Okay. And I bet you I bet you can guess the next two as well. Uh, Ty Jerome and DeAndre yeah. Hunter. Although, I would guess Ty Jerome is second. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, okay. with 32.4. And what is DeAndre playing? Like 30, 31.3. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. so they're all really close together. And, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, like, those three need to have the most minutes per game they need to be playing 30 minutes a game can i ask who's fourth i want minutes? you i want you to that's that was actually going to be my second question who is fourth in minutes after those three i want to say he clark you're right you're absolutely wow. right okay that's okay. that's incredible i wouldn't have guessed that i would have said um i probably would have said momity i was on the fence between he and momity yeah but kihei is at uh four with 25.6 i think per game. i think we should say that Talk about a trend more towards smaller ball. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't appre- appreciated it slash seen it as much the past couple of games. I think that shows it. I think uh, the the next order is really interesting too. Braxton is five with 22. Jack is at six with 19. And Mamadi is at six, uh, seven with 19. See, I wouldn't, I would have thought Mamadi was fifth, not seven. I would have, I would have thought Mamadi was fourth, but okay, that's and, weird. It, it's, yeah. it's perception, which is weird. Okay. Um, points per game. Who has the most points per game? I'm gonna guess Kyle Guy again. You're right, but it's close. It's close. I would say I would say DeAndre Hunter second. Yeah, they both. Uh, Kyle Guy has 15.1 points per game, and DeAndre has 15 points per game. So really close. I think I'm not sure when Kyle jumped him. I know DeAndre was leading for a while this season, but I know Ty was leading for a lot in the off or in the uh, non-conference slate too. Oh, really? Yeah, he was up at least towards the end of the non-conference slate. Ty, ties at three with 13. Who's fourth? That's my next question. Who's fourth? Samamity? It is. <laughs> I bet you can't guess how many points per game he has. No, I have no idea. It's a great number. 6.9. 6. 6.9. <laughs> <laughs> Race to 69. I know, right? Okay, Wait, yeah. can I ask where Jay Huff stands in points per game? Jay Huff is at seven. All right, no, six. He's at six with a four point eight. Okay. He's right behind Braxton and right in front of Jack. Okay, that makes sense. I, I makes just sense. think he doesn't play enough to. He has um, nine point four minutes per game, but only four point eight points per game. So he's scoring about about half as many points as he plays minutes. Yeah, which is pretty good. But um, you know, he's not playing enough minutes to get there. Yeah. All right. Um, I think this one's easy. I was gonna ask. I'll miss it. What? <laughs> I might miss it then. No, no. I was gonna say who has the most rebounds per game, and and we Braxton. A week ago it was Braxton. It's still Braxton, but how many rebounds per game does Braxton get? Let me guess six. Six exactly six. Exactly six. six? Exactly six point oh rebounds per game. Okay, that's where he's at. And can you guess where DeAndre is? I would guess. Third DeAndre, behind Mamadi. DeAndre is second with five point five. <laughs> Where's Mamadi? <laughs> like I would have guessed second. Now I'm guessing third. No. 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 Keep going. Fifth. No. Fourth. No. Sixth. Yeah. Really. Mamadi is sixth on the team with rebounds with three point eight. Well, uh, so game. I shouldn't have guessed fourth because I said earlier in the episode. 
Okay, so <laughs> let me re. Let this me is the tries and guys episode for those who were. <laughs> let me retrace this. So, uh, so Braxton is first. Uh, Dre is second. So Kyle Guy is fourth. So Jack Salt has to be third. Mm-hmm. So fifth is Ty Jerome, just well, by virtue of minutes. You know, actually, Ty and Kyle are tied at four point three. Okay, so they're both four. So Which mommy makes, is six. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. That's weird. I And I don't know if that's just the scheme that Tony runs where maybe mommy doesn't get as many defensive rebounds as the guards do, but I don't know. I guess it's kind of weird. And again, I don't have a huge basketball background, but I think of mommy as, you know, the leading shot blocker. The bouncy so guy. So yeah. the potential that mommy is going for blocks more so than rebounds. That makes sense. Potentially, that wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to drop to sixth on the team in or, rebounds. Or maybe he's boxing out more and letting the guards rebound a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to explain this, yeah. but that does surprise <laughs> me. Okay. It does surprise me. All right. Assist per game. I mean, it's got to be Todd Jerome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many more assists per game does he have than the second person? Is it over or under 2.5? Well, I have no idea who the second person is. I'm guessing Kihei Clark. No, I want you to answer my, my okay. first question first. Okay. So how many more assists does Ty oh, Jerome have than the, uh, than the second, than the second person? person? Over or under 2.5? I'm going to say over. You're, it's over. It, he has 5.1, and the next person has 2.2. Can you guess who the next person is? My guess was Kihei Clark. Your guess is correct, but okay. it's a little bit skewed because he's tied with DeAndre at 2.2 per game. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. I, I wouldn't I, have thought... See, I wouldn't have thought DeAndre mm-hmm. or or Kyle, really, as having many assists. Kyle is right behind them at 2.1. I guess by virtue of minutes played, yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that Dre has. A I wouldn't lot have of thought assists. of that. I see. I would have thought almost Braxton Key mm-hmm. instead of DeAndre. Really, uh, Braxton is fifth at one point three. Okay. So he's he's like kind of up there, but he's still yeah, pretty it, far like behind. it's close, but he's not mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. I mean that's significant. You know, two and a half over two and a half a game. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yep. Our, and our next stat is steals per game. Who has the most steals per game? It's Kihei Clark? No. God, after that, I have no idea. DeAndre Hunter? Mm-mm. DeAndre's fifth. Is it Kyle Guy? No. Ty Jerome? Just Ty. Ty wow. is 1.5 steals per game. Well, how much separation is there? Uh, So Ty has 1.5. Braxton has 1.1 with two. And then Kihei's at 0.8 steals per game. Kyle's at 0.6, DeAndre's at 0.6. So it's not I mean, that's, it's not a lot of separation, but it's still fairly significant yeah. for, you know, what what 15, 20 percent, mm-hmm. you know? That's interesting. I wouldn't yeah. have thought that. Yeah. Uh blocks per game. It's Mommedy. It's Mommedy. Easy. Well, Keith, is Jay Huff second? Jay Huff is second. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty good. And can you guess three? Is it Dre? No. Jack? No. Braxton is Braxton. Okay, yeah, Mamadi is at one with uh, 1.5 blocks per game. Jay Huff is at 0.9, and then Braxton's at 0.6. So, yeah, that's pretty good. It's yeah, pretty good. that that's interesting. All right, uh, this is a bad stat, but turnovers per game. Who has the most turnovers per game? 
I I want to say Jack Salt. <laughs> it's actually not. He's six. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't turn over actually that okay. much. I guess maybe he doesn't have possession when he goes out of bounds. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't hold the ball yeah. enough. <laughs> Is it Kihei Clark? No. Um. DeAndre Hunter. Mm-mm. Well, it shows. <laughs> Ty Jerome. It's Ty. Okay, well, one, I guess that makes sense, one, you know. 1.7. So what's his assist-to-turnover ratio? So he has 5.1 assists per game. He has 1.7 assists per game. Do the math. You're the math guy. Hold on, let me... So close to three. Yeah. Th- close to three to one. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's better than most people. Yeah, I think... Um, because you know he he's doing a lot more driving this season, and so I think there's some of that in there as as well as passing. Um, in the past couple games, he's been a little sloppy with it, mm. a little sloppy Joe. But but I hopefully he'll turn uh, he'll keep it up. Kyle is second with one point four turnovers per game. Yeah, and Dre is uh Dre and Kihei are tied at one point two. So. We don't, no, we don't turn it over very often. It's weird because we normally don't turn it over very often. And mm-hmm. then we had that stretch where we were turning over a little bit. Yeah. You know, against Notre Dame, we only turned it over uh, eight times, yeah. which is a good number. That's in line with our season average. So hopefully that's more of the things to come. And, you know, Ty had three turnovers in that game to three assists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you take what you can. So hopefully that's a trend that yeah. kind of... Kind of goes back to where we were about two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Our next one, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. So what? It, who has the highest field goal percentage on the team? Oh, man. See, I before you told me we were playing this game, I knew who had the highest three-point percentage on okay. the team. But I did not look who had the highest field goal percentage. Okay. Um, there's so many ways you could spin this. And I almost want to say Jack Salt. I almost want to say Jack Salt, and I think I've talked myself into it. Jack Salt. It's not Jack, but you're you're close. You're close. Um, and I this is kind of a trick question because it's Grant Grant Kersey. Uh, does that even count? <laughs> <laughs> it counts. I mean, he has a he hasn't missed a field goal this What's year. What's the minimum shots? Uh. ESPN doesn't take that into account. <laughs> so all ESPN is telling me is that he has the highest field goal percentage. But if we don't count, if we uh, if we're just saying non-grant players, you're still wrong. Okay. Uh, phew. let me go, Mamadi. No. Okay. Well, after that, I have no idea. Is it Trey? No. Kyle. No. You think about it. Think about it harder. You can get this one. Thought it harder. Yeah. Is it one of our eight men rotation? Yeah. Is it Braxton? No. Is it Kyle? No. <laughs> Who do I have left? It's Jay. It's Jay. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Sixty two point three percent effect uh field goal percentage. Wow. And your man Jack is second at sixty. A lot of dunks. And then Momedy, fifty five point nine. So uh DeAndre is next at fifty three point four. So I mean, all it's interesting that all the big men are first, and and the one that shoots threes is the highest. That's actually, you know, again, limited sample size. Yeah, but that that really surprised me. But is me. it limited at this point? I mean, he's I played. Say, I think he's played enough. Like in each game, he is doing this. I'm not saying, I guess, 
limited in the traditional sense, but the lowest minutes out of anyone in that eight-man rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I think it's interesting that even though he doesn't play that much, he does this. He seems to do, except for Notre Dame, he does this many games. Yeah. He, he, he comes in and scores almost as many points as he plays minutes. Notre Dame, he did not attempt a field goal. Yeah, he had, he had a trillion. He had three yeah. trillion. <laughs> he did not attempt a field goal. So that surprises me. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, free throw percentage. Kyle Guy. Uh, no, you're wrong. And this, once again, is non-Grant players because Grant has made every free throw of the so season. So this is top eight players. Uh, top eight in the rotation. No, no. This this one is not in the rotation, but he's played some this season. Okay. Uh, Cody Statman? Cody. Cody Statman at 88.9%. Uh, Kyle is next at 83.7%. What does that put him? Eight of nine? Cody uh, yeah, eight of nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Out of our rotation guys, it's Kyle Guy mm-hmm. number one. Yeah, he's number one at eighty three point seven. Okay, it should be higher, by the way. I think that should be higher, and <laughs> what, I think what do you mean Ty it Jerome? Be well, he's capable of shooting a better percentage. He is. I think so, so is Ty too. Jerome. I think Ty Jerome's like in the seventies. I think. Do you know what Ty shoots? I would guess 6. I think I think they're both capable of getting that higher over the next month. Question for you: What does Jack Salt shoot from free throws? I know a couple weeks ago he was over fifty percent. So that I'm was gonna... that was before he completely missed the rim. That's on right. The back <laughs> that shouldn't even count. <laughs> I would guess fifty five. Fifty five on the season. Forty eight point five. Okay, so he's back under fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. Heck of Jack. Uh, interesting. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, anywhere in the forty to sixty range that mm-hmm. that seems about right to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, once again, non-Grant players. Okay. Who is, we're talking three-point percentage now. Who shoots the best threes? Well, I looked this up before the game. So can I ask what, how many shots Grant Kersey has taken from three? Uh, I think it's three. So he's three for three? I, or it's either two or three. Then uh, put him number one either way. It's two. It's two. So he's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's DeAndre Hunter, right? No. Oh well, I miss I misread that. <laughs> Jay, Jay oh, Huff. Really? What is he shooting? Fifty-two point nine percent from three. Well, Dre is forty-six. Dre is forty-six point three. Okay, so he's second. Who's after my uh, after Dre? I just said it. I'd guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Mamadi. It's Mamadi. Would you have guessed Mamadi though? No. Well, it's interesting because I knew what Kyle guy is shooting like forty-three percent from mm-hmm. three. Is that right? Forty-three. Uh, yeah, Kyle's shooting 43.6. Okay, so so 44. So he's shooting mm-hmm. 44, but on a lot higher volume. I yeah. think the shot, he's taken like 160 and the next closest person shots. I don't remember, but it's like 110 from three. Yeah, so Kyle's at 165 and Ty is at 112. Um, so now, a lot higher. Volume. Yeah, but now... Ma- 50% higher. Now, Mamadi has a higher percentage, but he's only taken 11 yeah threes and he's made five of them so it's pretty good it's pretty good but like it's not it's not a lot it's not a high clip so i mean i mean think about that though think about how good that is that kyle guy is shooting as well as he is you know 44 (laughs) percent on 50 percent call it more volume than anyone else on the team yeah i mean i i like that i like that and he's you know people talk about this is that he's a guy that 
with rare, rare exceptions, I'm not mad when he takes a three, even if it misses badly, because mm-hmm. I know he has a shot to make every shot he takes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, but I, I think that, once again, going back to Jay, you know, why doesn't he play more if he's shooting at this high of a clip? You know? Yeah. I don't know. And that's, that's interesting. Well, one thing I want to ask you is that to me, Jay Huff, every shot he takes is from the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any shot Jay Huff has taken from three this season where he's not at the top of the three point line? No. No, but I think that's just the natural pick and pop position. Yeah. I don't know a lot about pick and pop, but I think if you were to pick and pop, <laughs> we're mover blocker guys. Yeah, I know, but but if you if, if you set a pick, you know you're gonna, I think roll to the top of the key, and I think that's what Tony has done for him is put him in a position to where he can make those threes at a higher clip. One thing I am interested to see from Jay Huff over the next two years while we have him, assuming we have him for two more years, is going to be whether or not that three point shot changes whether or not they move them kind of mm-hmm. more to the wing more mm-hmm. to the corner you know is it always going to be at the top or if he of the stays key? at the cut top, because yeah. i right right now i i can't think of a shot he's taken where he wasn't at the top of the three-point mm-hmm. mark yeah just something to throw out there interesting okay my last question my last question what is our average height on the team this is according to kim palm so this includes everybody this includes everyone walk-ons Probably not Tony Bennett, but all the players. <laughs> I will guess, let's say 6'4". Close. It's 6'5.3". Okay. So 77.3 inches is the average. So that's 6'5.3". So you're pretty close. So, okay. But so, that that's interesting because what do you think of as like our, our normal lineup? Our starting lineup now has Kihei in it. Yeah, so I would say the two players under that would be Kyle Guy and Kihei Clark, right? Is there anyone else underneath it in our normal rotation? Uh, Kyle's listed at 6'2". Kihei's Kihei's listed at 5'9". Ty Jerome is 6'5". So really, really what's bringing us down is our bench, right? Yeah, Marco's listed at 6'4". Okay, Uh, but but he's not really really in the rotation. But really, our bench, uh, the only one under 6'5 is Jaden Nixon, and um, he's at 6'3". Uh, um, Grant Kersey isn't even listed on Ken Palm. Wow. Yeah. So Poor he, guy. So you he, gotta, gotta <laughs> get him up there. So our so our our average height would probably be a little bit lower. Yeah. So it might be closer to six four, but but uh, Castro is not listed there. So, or sorry, uh, Grant Grant Kersey. Yeah. Kersey. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's an interesting that, and I I can't compare it to years past, but I want to say that's taller than what we normally are, and I want to say that's taller than what a lot of the teams we play are. Uh, the average height uh, for the country is seventy six point eight inches, which is only point five less than us. Okay, so we're so above average. We're one hundred first in the nation in height. If that makes uh, okay. a difference to you, okay, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. All right, and that was the game. That was our <laughs> game. That was about twenty minutes of questions. So well, you did pretty good. Do you know what your score was? No. It was pretty bad, I think. I didn't keep track. I actually kept track. I think I was on track. <laughs> I think if you were taking SOLs, you would be get that on track score. On track. You'd be able to move to the next grade. Passing. <laughs> <laughs> we call uh we call that proficient in Yeah, uh, in, you, you as know a this better than I yeah, do. I do. <laughs> I do. You would probably be remediated a little bit just but to make I would, sure you I would were, pass the next grade, right? You probably yeah, you would definitely go to the next grade. Oh, well that's great. That's yeah, great. That's all you need. Hit the bare minimum. <laughs> 
that's all you need. Um, before we go on to some yells, I want to talk about, just real quick, talk about the next two games. We play at Tech on Monday. That's a big Monday game at 7. And we play at Louisville the next Saturday, and that's also away. Um, and that's at noon. So how do you feel about those two games coming up? Tech has me scared. We talked mm-hmm. about this. Virginia Tech, we normally blow them out one game, and the second game is 50-50. Mm-hmm. Who knows who wins? Typically, it's still UVA, but lots of times it's Virginia Tech, too. Yeah. So that has me a little scared. But they don't have Justin Robinson. And we don't know what exactly is wrong with Justin Robinson. We've heard rumors, but we don't know exactly what's wrong with Justin Robinson. And that makes a difference. He's a heck of a player. What One of our sources has said that he is not playing in this game. Yeah, I, I don't think he's playing this game. <laughs> I think we would know if he was out for the season. Right. That's what we were talking about. We would know if he was out for the season right. because Tech would announce that. I think they're holding out hope he can play in mm-hmm. the ACC slash NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. He's still in a walking boot from yeah. what I know. Yeah. Well, you know, UVA puts people in a boot for literally any, <laughs> like stubbing their toe, they get in a walking boot. So that could mean anything. But I think he is actually really hurt. So. Hopefully he gets back soon because he's a really good player and it's it's good for the state of you know tech is good yeah and, you know they're they're fun it's fun the rivalry is more fun if if they're good I won it in basketball and I won it in football too I yeah. want every matchup to be a top twenty five matchup yeah preferably where we're top ten and tech is like twenty four twenty five mm-hmm. but it makes it more fun yeah and so on Monday uh, tech is twenty two right now that I think I don't know if they're gonna move move up or not i imagine they'll say roughly the same they'll i don't probably know. stand they're, they're, around 20 yeah. or so and we'll probably move up to three because we're four right now and tennessee just got blown out by kentucky so they might move to four my guess is that's gonna be duke and then who's three right now is it gonzaga i think so yeah so duke gonzaga uva um tennessee that that's what i think is gonna be but it could be could be Duke, Gonzaga, Tennessee, UVA. It just depends on. Yeah. My guess is that we'll move up to three. Yeah. Three or four, I think, is safe. Yeah. So four versus 20 is, is going to be safe, and it'll be a good game. And, you know, Castle's going to be hot as balls, and, you know, the <laughs> They'll crowd— They'll say it's sold out. It'll be like, <laughs> <gonna> be like <laughs> 4,000 <laughs> open seats. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was actually in Castle one time. My, my fourth year, me and a friend went— um, Abby, Abby, me and Abby went, one of the guys. Shout she, out. Overall girls. Yeah, overall girls. Yeah, <laughs> we went and um, that was the game that London's, in, we went to double overtime and London's shot got stuck on the rim and we lost our minds. Anyway, but, you know, Castle's a kind of a nice, it, it's not nice, no, but. It's, it's definitely not nice. They have those, uh, quote, big ass They've got fans the big ass fans. That you see in like Boy Scout cafeterias. Yeah. yeah. But it's a it's a cool environment, and uh, the the team is much better this year. So I think the crowds have been better. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be a good environment. And Louisville is good this year, which we didn't think they would be. Yeah. But they almost blew it. They blew it. They blew it against Duke. They really blew it against yeah, Duke. No doubt. No doubt. And they almost just blew it against Clemson. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound from that against against a really good team at home. Uh, they'll they'll definitely come to play. So. Yeah. But we have owned Louisville in the past. They've only won once against us yeah. since we joined the ACC. And, you know, Dust and I, we think, have a special episode lined up. We'll let you know when we do, but we think we have a special episode we, lined No, we up do have a special episode lined up. We're, so, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> so look forward to that. We'll, we'll reveal more about that when that comes. But yeah. uh, 
you know, this is a new new kind of era for Louisville. You know, mm-hmm. this is a team that most people didn't expect to be good. They don't have the talent as far as players go that they normally do. You know, you don't look at their bench and see a lot of NBA guys mm-hmm. on there. You know, obviously not Rick Pitino. So it's a different feel to this Louisville team. But, you know, they got some players and we saw what they can do against Duke. And yep. Duke did Duke-like things for the final 10 minutes. And that's all it took to beat Louisville. Yeah. But, you know, Louisville took it to them for 30 minutes. Yeah, and so it's going to be a good game. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch it. And I'm excited to to watch it with you. And that's all the hint I'm going to give yeah. about our next episode. But I think uh, you want to give some yells or is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I think, I think that hits the storylines man okay that hits it awesome so i want to give a a yell to joe harris of course who just won the three-point contest last night in the nba all-star weekend so former uva great probably should have his number retired or at least jersey retired at some point um just because he helped build this program back You, you you we always talk about the the meeting with tony bennett tony's house after the tennessee loss and joe went there and really helped bring this team, got their first uh, number one seed in the NCAA tournament God knows how long. So Joe really meant a lot to this program, and good to see him finally, you know, get some recognition in the NBA for a good player that he is. Joe, what my brother says is that Joe Harris is Kyle Korver (laughs) 2.0. Expect to see Joe Harris in the league for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, he's got a skill set that matters. Yeah that matters yeah and especially nowadays where they're trying to spread it out so much i've actually got one more go for and it we, we just talked about louisville and um papa john of papa john's fame uh used you know has his name all over louisville but <laughs> used to have his name all used over louisville. to but he was recently spotted behind the bench at the kentucky game so interesting twist of events shout out to yell to papa john uh good pizza <laughs> not a great guy probably <laughs> hey, i don't be, want him to be one of the guys probably he's one of the guys will take him he's but. probably racist that's all. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that, you know all that stuff was coming out about the stuff he did yeah there's so, a lot of bad stuff. a lot of bad stuff but you know <laughs> he yelled at papa john for being a, just causing drama between kentucky and louisville <laughs> and what about you rob what do you got i, I, I want to give a shout out to the aafl I yes. believe it is. Yes. Because it is it is the league that we all want, the football league that we all, you know, at least like for the time being, we mm-hmm. like. Uh there are some UVA players on that team. You know, you got David Dean, mm-hmm. former defensive tackle. He's on the Atlanta team. I want to say it's John Montellis, or maybe it's Brandon Pertile. There's another offensive lineman on the Atlanta team. Okay. So uh, we're just going to give a shout out to them because there are UVA guys in this league. Yeah. And I don't know what it's going to be. I kind of like it. It's, it's kinda... fun. It's like it's like the NFL, but more fun. There's like bigger hits and, you know, the guys yeah. don't care if they're getting brain damage uh, or not. Just the so... fact that the quarterback's helmet flew off when he got sacked just <laughs> yeah. made me happy. And there, there's no flight. Yeah. And, and so hopefully it's David Dean in a couple weeks doing yeah. the same thing. And I don't even know how many games they play. I think there's seven teams. I'm pretty sure there's seven. I I don't know how this thing works. It's kind of a weird amount of I don't even know if we'll see him on national TV anymore. They were on TNT the other night. I watched like five minutes of it before I turned it off. Well, I watched Trent Richardson yesterday in my parents' hotel room drive down for that game-winning drive. Birmingham against uh, Salt Lake. It was six to nine. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. What else? What other score would it be? And uh, Trent Richardson, you know, 
great, great NFL talent, mm-hmm. JK, great college talent, not NFL. But anyway, he, he ran in for the touchdown, and I'm assuming Birmingham won. I don't know for sure. I didn't finish the game. We didn't check. That's the great but- thing about this is that you can see the highlights of this <laughs> league, like the hits, the touchdowns. But you don't have to actually care at all. So yeah. it's like great. It's you know, growing up I had a PS two and one God, it was I was in sixth or seventh grade. I got a arena football league mm-hmm. game for yes. the PS two. And the arena football league sucked. And it <laughs> was nowhere close to NCAA when they were still making those games. Mm-hmm. Nowhere close to Madden. But the one good thing about the Arena Football League is that you could if you hit the truck stick, mm-hmm. you could hit them over the walls into the Coke. machines on the sideline and it was just great feeling that's perfect so i like the feel and the aafl david dean you were a good player at uva please do that i think it's just the aaf aaf the association yeah no there's no l in there there's no there's no l you're adding it you're right yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just the aaf i think it's just the association or it's the alliance of american football is that what it is i think it is i think it's alliance I like you, David Dean. Just hit some guys for hit some, me. Hit some dudes. Knock some cool QBs helmets off. But I think that's it for us this week, and hope you guys enjoyed the the game that we played. We we might do it later. We might not, but we'll see. Next week, we'll we'll keep you updated on the special episode that we have going on. But make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram, at Guys and Ties Pod. Definitely respond to us if, if we send anything out. We <laughs> love getting responses from you guys. Uh, make sure to follow us on Podbean and iTunes if you want to keep hearing Rob and I talk about UVA sports and answer these dumb questions that we ask each other. And we'll see you all next week. Beat Tech. Beat Louisville. Go Hoos. It's rivalry week, baby. It is. It, it is. is. Go Hoos. cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader